in the race channel wheelhouse here. We're saying goodbye to Yuli Guriel as he signs a minor league deal with the Marlins and Jose Altuve gets two pitches and takes both of them out of the park, having fun with team Venezuela. Let's talk about this on tonight's locked on Astros. Alvarez, it's a high drive center field. Beer leans back. This game is turned upside down. There's the runner. Fly ball down the right field line. Tucker comes on. Kyle Tucker. This time they finish the job. Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Greg H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. Good evening, everybody. This is H-Town Wheelhouse here with Locked on Astros, where your team every day. You can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find the show at Locked on Astros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And you can find me also at Strohs411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Strohs. I'm flying solo tonight, and that's right. As the leading member and president of the Astros cult, we're going to bid a fond farewell to... Yuli Guriel. Yuli Guriel came some became somewhat of a legend with the Houston Astros coming to the club in 2016. And we'll get into that. We'll get into some of the highlights of his career, his stats. And going forward, this was definitely the right move for the Astros. I think with age and what Yuli was wanting, um, it was it, it was time to part ways. So this isn't a a show where we're going to make a case of why we should have brought Yuli back, but just remembering the good things about Yuli Guriel because this guy really um, fans enjoyed him. He was a fan favorite and everyone that is already reacting to the title of the show, I'm getting a lot of sad emojis, a lot of people with tears in their eyes. Of course, you know, we've got our realists. Well, you know, it was time for him to go and so on and so forth. But I really think that we, um, we can appreciate at least the things that he contributed because he did contribute and he did have um, a big part, especially in 2017 and winning the first World Series title for the Houston Astros um, in our club's history. So this episode tonight is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the number one sports betting app out there. You need to go to FanDuel.com slash locked on for the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you do. So thank you all for tuning into the show. This is my last show of the week. Next week, I don't know when I will join Eric. I don't know if it's Sunday night. I know um, we, we've got three or four Astros games to attend. We also have World, World Baseball Classic we're going to. We're going to go up to Stetson University to visit Steve Trimper, Jeremy Pena's coach from Maine. He's now at the University of Stetson or Stetson University. The Hatters, we're going to go see them play Kennesaw State. He's going to give us a tour of the stadium. And so it's just one of those things where um, it's going to be a busy week. So I'm going to try. I'm going to try to get back on the show. I'm going to try to um, to tune in. I may just give you thoughts and sights and sounds from spring training send eric a little video maybe he'll give you all a video update and i'm still gonna go for that ping pong match with jc cray i don't know if it'll happen i don't know if he'll have time but we will have to see so um yes we know james cook we know everybody yuli had a bad year but you know what we are not going to focus on the negative we are always positive always strokes. Let's look at Yuli's overall seven seasons with the Houston Astros. Now, before we do that, 
this is what happened today. He signed a minor league deal with the Marlins, which officially ends his tenure today. It's, it's a minor league contract with an invite to Major League Camp with a chance to make it on the roster opening day. Now, what is interesting is in the Marlins um, organization, they already have a couple guys sitting there that are that already garner first base. They have Garrett Cooper, and they also um, brought in another um, hitter, um, Jorge Soler, as DH. So you've got those guys, okay? Um, so Yuli Guriel, it will be interesting to see him where he fits in and when he actually gets to play. Um, but again, look, we're, we're here to celebrate the Yuli Guriel that contributed to the Houston Astros. And he kind of had an even number year, odd number year thing, okay? Um, where you go 17, 19, and 21 when he had the great years. And then the other years, he wasn't so great. So, uh, you know, odd number years, he, he seemed to do well. Even number years, not so much. Now, when looking at his career with the Houston Astros, seven years, or seven seasons, he hit 284. Um, he had 866 hits, 94 home runs, 435 RBI, and 400 runs scored. And he runs scored, and he won two World Series. Yuli Gurriel, um, just, I guess, you know, you could say he made the most of everything while he was here. Um, I know in 2022, he had negative war. He had the 242 average overall. He still had 132 hits. But in the four, in 17, 18, and 19, he had 155 or more hits. In 2021, 169 hits with a 319 average. He actually led the league. He was the AL batting champion. So you can't take that away from the guy. He had an 846 OPS that year. He was his second highest OPS in 2019. He had 884 OPS with 104 RBI, 31 home runs in 2019, 168 hits. He eclipsed that 169 hits, which gave him the battle, which gave him the batting title. Um, y'all are saying Chris Carter was better than Yuli. Y'all are saying Brett. Now, if y'all think Brett Wallace was better than Yuli, then I, I I cannot help you in that conversation. Um, Colleen, yes, I know. So a lot of us are are a little sad. Um, thank you, La Pena. Everybody's saying we'll miss you forever. Look, how many of y'all have kids that went to games that wore the La Pena hats, you know, celebrated the hair, or some of y'all wore the pineapple sunglasses or the pineapple hats? Look, this guy came in, and he was pretty much – he is royalty. His, his father – is like the Michael Jordan of Cuban baseball. Yuli Gurriel is pretty much the like the heir to that throne. And the Gurriel family means so much to Cuban baseball. We've had um, we've had Cuba dugout on before. Phil Seelig from Canada, who chronicles and is a photo photojournalist up in Canada, and has followed Yuli through his career. Has followed Jordan Alvarez, um, but they you know. They defected in 2016. They came here and his rookie year, he was fourth in the rookie of the year vote. So he has had um, he has had a really good career. Now, I don't know that this is an insult to Yuli Guriel that we didn't sign him. I, I just think it's where he is 
where the Astros want to be. And I can see how the signing of Jose Abreu would be a little bit of a slap in the face to Yuli Gurriel. But to minimize his impact on this team to his last season where he didn't bat so well, you got to look at his postseason. You can't ignore that. He got, he got, I don't, I can't recall all the hits he got in the postseason, but he was one of the most on fire hitters in the postseason, one of the most consistent hitters in the postseason. So he did contribute, you know, towards the end. He got hurt there, a little stumble, a little fall at third base. But with Yuli leaving, that means that the only remaining members of the 2017 team are Lance McCullers Jr. Um, I almost said Jose, Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman. So they're the only three that remain from the 2017 team and the gold glove we will remember. So he won a gold glove. He won a batting title, two-time World Series champion, and he didn't get any all-star nods, but he sure did a good job while he was here. Now, um, the bottom line is this. We know that Yuli Gurriel, his time has come and gone. I was kind of hoping they would keep him around, maybe give him a minor league deal and keep him around so that he could be a liaison to the Cuban players with the Houston Astros. Now, I don't think the Astros have to have him, but it sure would be neat for him to have stayed. And I, I don't know that that's going to happen in the future with the way things ended. Now, I have seen a lot of people talking about the disgruntled nature of, oh, Yuli must be upset, Yuli must be mad. But we haven't once heard anything from Yuli. So a lot of that's conjecture until we actually hear Yuli say it. I like Solo Thought Sports, my guy over here, says he was a cornerstone first baseman when um, we were looking for since Bagwell returned, and he was. Look, remember he came to the Astros internationally, had played second base and third base. Well, we had Altuve, we had Bregman, and what did he do? He moved to first base. He did it seamlessly, and he did it really well. And I know this last season he wasn't great defensively, and people throw that in my face all the time. And that's why I kind of joke around about this whole thing, and I actually wear this moniker pretty well, this Astros Colt, okay? Like, yeah, like I love Yuli Gurriel. I'm going to miss him being a Houston Astro. Now, do I think it makes baseball sense to keep him on the team and to give him a roster spot? At this point in juncture, I do not. So I'm not so dying the wool Yuli Gurriel that I'm mad at the Astros for not resigning him. I get it. It's a business, okay? Um, but we just need to make sure that we understand why we're talking about him today because – he did mean a lot to this team. He did mean a lot to this club. He was, he was clutch. Go watch the 2017 World Series game five. He was clutch. Without that game tying home run, the Astros might not win the World Series that year. I mean, he had some big hits. And that just reminds me that big hits in big time players makes me think of Built Bar. That's right. Built Bar is the bar that you've got to get. There are so many protein bars out on the market. Please don't waste your time. They have fat and calories, and you don't need that. If you're trying to get in shape or stay in shape and keep those goals for 2023, then you need to go check out Built Bar. They keep doing it over and over and over. 100% real chocolate, unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how they get it done, but they do with these amazing macros, like a batting title season that Yuli had. 
130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been telling you go to Built to get your Built bars at Built.com. Now, you still can, but you can get them right now at your Walmart. So go, well, not right now while the show is on. If you're listening Friday on your way from work, on, on your way to home from work, Go to Sam's Club or go to Walmart. When you go to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, and coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, you can grab a 13-bar box of our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. Built.com, best bar in the biz. So, look, here's the deal. I really think that Yuli Gurriel, had he come over Earlier in his career, you could have been talking about a Hall of Fame trek. I'm not saying he would have made the Hall of Fame, but in these seven years, if he can compile these stats and these hits, then Yuli Gurriel, like if he would have come over here younger, 20, 21, instead of in his 30s, I think Yuli could have made a case. He would have had a lot of all-stars under his belt. Does he make the Astros Hall of Fame? Mm. Does he make the Astros? Now, the Astros Hall of Fame, he could. He could have. He he can make the Astros Hall of Fame. But I don't know what their criteria is. I don't know. Are his seven years? I guess his seven years would be enough because I don't know all the years that the guys that are in the Hall of Fame, what they spent with the Astros. But with how he's contributed to World Series, a batting title, a gold glove. I mean, the first, like, really solid Cuban player that we've had in our midst and was a game changer. You know, he he could. He could be an Astros Hall of Fame. You know, Baseball Hall of Fame, his career is too short. But had he come over sooner? Okay. So Gustavo says, I think he deserves the Astros Hall of Fame. Um, JG says, I would put him in the Hall of Fame. Um, And Guy Webster says he thinks he would have had a Hall of Fame career had he come over sooner. When he was young, 2021, and he was tearing up the Cuban League, had he been able to do that over here? There's no telling what Yuli Gurriel could have done. I really think he was that good of a player at a young age. We just happened to catch him when he was older. But even though we got him when he was older, guys, he still contributed. Again, look at this. I mean, 435 RBI, 285 average, 866 hits. That's almost 1,000 hits in seven seasons. That's not bad. That is not bad at all. And, and yeah, you know, his his WRC plus numbers weren't super great. But in back in 2017, he was a 136. Or I'm sorry. Oh, hold on. In 2021. He had, okay, 2021, he had a 136 WRC plus. His second highest was in 2019, okay? Um, This guy really did a great job while he was here. We know he fell off. We know yada, yada, yada. I hear it all the time. There's a lot of of Yuli hate out there, okay? There's a lot of people that just, oh, he's terrible. Why would you consider him? And I don't think considering bringing him back was so much of we needed him on the roster more so than we wanted to hold on to him and keep him 
so that he could help the team in the future down the road. Um, that's right. Uh, he did kill the first WBC. He did really good. Um, that was back in what, 20, was that, was that 2017, 2016? I can't remember when that was off the top of my head. Um, Xerxes. Okay. The God King who look, I don't know if I believe in like an actual Xerxes God King, but when he's a fan of your show and he says stuff, you listen. Okay. He says he should make the Astros Hall of Fame. So Astros, you hear that? He should make the Hall of Fame. The only way Yuli would have had a roster spot was a bench spot. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like Guy said, he was a legend in Cuba. He still is. Um, now, I, I don't know that he goes back. I believe, from what I understand, there are two different factions of Cuban players. There are some that go freely back and forth to and from Cuba, and there are others that do not. I think he's in that camp that does not. Now, he signs a minor league contract with the Marlins. The Marlins, Miami is pretty much kind of like a little Havana. It is as a strong, really like entrenched Cuban population. He probably will fit in really well with the Marlins club. Now, he may make the opening day roster. He's not going to get a ton of playing time. But if he does make the major league roster and he is their opening day, then he probably will contribute and he will be beloved in that community. His family has a home in Miami. So this is a seamless transition for him, kind of like the second and third base to first base was. Um, yes, he did defect in 2016. Um, and from what I understand, he waited to defect when it, when it was more reasonable to have his brother come with him either at the time or soon after. And that's part of the reason why he didn't come over sooner. Also, I understand that there were possibly some political ties to the Castros or, or something like that is some of the reasons why Yuli did not come over sooner. I, I think there was political pressure. Now, I don't know that 100% for sure, but I've talked to a couple people and that seems to be what happened there. So where you and I may take for granted um, what we have here, you know, if you have, I mean, gosh, even, even Jeremy Pena, you know, his dad moved him, moved them here when he was 11 or 12 to grow up here in the States. It, it's a lot easier to get entrenched and to get involved in Cuba. There's risk in Cuba. There's political pressure. And, and so these Cuban players, when they come over here, um, it, it's not just, yes, I get to play baseball. It's like they have to leave everything they know and are familiar with. And his the way he played the game, his smile, the way he got along with his teammates. I mean, he was a big part of this organization. Um, him and Alex Bregman probably have a bond that will never be broken. You know, the bond he built early with Jordan Alvarez being from Cuba as well. You know, at one time we had like five Cubans on our major league roster. We now have, I think, 22 in our system right now between minors, development league and majors, which is either the first or second most. I think if we are second, it's only to the Chicago White Sox. So the Astros international drafting, the Astros international using their pool money and getting these different guys has really been one of the things that has led to guys like Yuli Gurriel being a part of 
the Houston Astros. And look, pretty much anybody that's over here from Cuba has defected. One of the things, and we need to have Cuba Cuba dugout back on soon because he, he knows a lot more about the ins and the outs, but he was telling us not too long ago that not only is Cuba having the having a lot of talent taken from the U.S., obviously, because players defecting coming to play here, but Japan and the leagues over there are starting to pay top dollar for this Cuban talent. So the Cuban national team, I don't know if you saw their 0-2 in the World Baseball Classic as we speak, a lot of their top-tier talent has left for either the United States or Japan. And Japan's paying top dollar for these players. So Cuba, while it's great for these players to get this exposure from the national baseball perspective, it waters it down to where they don't have the same level of competition that they're going against. So it's kind of a, it's kind of like they're in between a rock and a hard place. Their players are leaving, but the really great players aren't staying in Cuba. They're going, they're going for opportunities and you can't blame them. Um, right here, didn't our international guy go to the Marlins as a coach or something? Yes, that was Ozzo Campo. He did go to the Marlins. And, you know, it was his time to move on. But Yuli Gurriel will, I think, forever be known as just an absolute legend of the postseason. And just that great smile, the great hair. I mean, that dude, the lettuce that guy has on his head, totally been jealous of that ever since I saw it. But let me tell you about this. Before we go any further, I need to talk to you about FanDuel. FanDuel is the number one sports betting app out there. It is the midway point of the NBA season. If you were listening to the Rockets game or watching it, they were in like overtime against the Pacers, and it was like 139 to 131. It was basically like an all-star game, and we are steamrolling to the playoffs. And if you want to use FanDuel, I say download it today. It's the number one sportsbook app out there. You can get this new customers. If you're a new customer, no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance to win a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So now we've been talking about Yuli, and we can talk a little bit more about Yuli if you want. Um, exactly. If Cuba had, you know, Sammy says this before I move on because this has a world baseball classic touch to it. If Cuba had all its players in WBC, they would be one of the favorites. I agree with that hundred percent. If they had a, like a, if they had a healthy Jordan, if they had all their players, um, Luis Robert, if they had Jose Abreu, if they had all these guys, they would be one of the top teams. Now, I don't know if you saw today, but um, Shohei Otani, I think at 5 a.m. Central time or 6 a.m. Central time, um, Japan played and Otani went out there through like four shutout innings, had, had, had several strikeouts. Um, he had a double in the game, just looked phenomenal. And then you had Jose Altuve playing some more exhibition games with Team Venezuela. Literally saw two pitches, hit two home runs. One of them was a leadoff home run against the New York Mets. So he was two for three today. 
Um, he's looking good. He's hitting home runs. He's having the time of his life. I love seeing him on that sideline with Luis Garcia. With um, I even saw um, Christian Javier for you know for the um, for his team, um, the Dominican Republic. Um, he was out there. He looked good in a uniform. But I'm kind of glad that Framber Valdez decided against playing because I, I really need Framber Valdez to be rested. I think with um, Christian Javier being a little bit younger, I think it's I think it's I think it's okay for him and some of these guys. But I'm still a little weary about having 14 players out there. Um, so look at this right here. Uh, Z3 says his postseason was 85 games, a 267 average, eight homers, and 39 RBI. That's not bad. That's not bad. And that's right. Jose Altuve has been on fire. Jose Altuve is having fun out there. This is a great time for these guys. This is a great time for these players. And, hey, this next week on Tuesday, I will be going to see the Dominican Republic play against Israel. I am super excited about that. I'm going to hopefully get some game footage. I'm going to put together some five to ten minute clips of just like stuff we're watching. Give my thoughts on some things I see. We're going to get on the backfields, talk to some of the minor leaguers, and hopefully just share some of our stuff with you. But I'll be real honest. I'm not going to do a ton of locked on stuff because, you know, I just decided, look, I need a week off. <laughs> I'm getting a break from work. My son's going with me. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have fun. But we will definitely try to get you guys um, an inside look. If I can get some players on camera, I'll try to get those little interviews, throw those over to Eric if that is a possibility. Um, Andrew said he is sad Yuli's gone, but he's also happy that now the crazies can stop thinking he can be some kind of utility man. Yeah, I don't know that anybody realistically thought he would play a utility role. I think that was mentioned as a little kind of tip of the hat. Well, we could have him as a utility guy. No, not when you have David Hensley, not when you have Mauricio Dubon, not when you have, you know, these other players that are younger and, and can serve a better purpose as a utility guy. You weren't playing him utility. You were playing him at first base in DH. When they signed Jose Abreu, we marked it off. Um, and, you know, James Cook said the Astros played around 100 extra games since 2017. That's right. So, the tread on the tires is definitely worn. The tread on the tires is definitely off. And so the Astros, I think, made a right decision in not signing him because ultimately, if you say you can come here on a minor league contract to make the major league roster, who are you going to leave off that roster? And with the rise of guys like Justin Dearden, I Justin Dearden, to me, has a real shot of somebody getting DFA'd on the 40-man, one of these newer signees, if they don't think they need him, and bringing up Dearden. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? So, um, yeah, so let's, so let's look at this. Tomorrow, the Houston Astros will play against the New York Mets, and Justin Verlander is going to be on the mound. That will definitely be fun. Um, wish we had all our starters. I do, too. I do, too, Colleen. I, I just... For, at first, I thought it was like seven or eight players. But when I heard it was 14, I was like, 14 players? Like, come on. Like, that's that's a bit excessive, right? That's like almost half. That's like 40-something percent of your players that are on your 40-man that are there. Now, we have a lot of non-roster invitees. So it, it does give benefit to the minor league guys. 
At the same time, I just hope they stay safe. I hope they don't use them too much. I hope they don't get in any bad habits. The tough thing that I have not heard, I've heard a little bit of talk about, but not a lot, is there's no pitch clock. There's there's no new rules. It's all old baseball. So you get these guys ramped up for the first week. You play three or four games where you have the pitch clock, where you have to be hurried. The pitcher has to throw. The hitter has to be ready. Then you go to the next three or four weeks or so, a little over a month, where you're playing regular baseball. Then, right before opening day, they come back, and they're back to the new rules. So I, I just hope that doesn't mess up their timing. Um, yes, I I too hope, Colleen, that Bregman bats against Justin Verlander. I think that would be kind of a cool thing to see. But seeing Justin Verlander go against the Houston Astros will be fun to watch. Um, let's look at this real quick. we got a question here from – El Barrio Cookers. Hey, I wonder, are you are, are you a cook-off guy? Do y'all do HLSR? That, that, that'd be good to know. Do the Astros have enough money for Otani next year when he's a free agent? That's, that's a good question. Okay, look. There's an article by Patrick Crichton at Gallery Sports. Okay, Eric also writes for Gallery Sports. So anytime you see Gallery Sports, go to their baseball section, go to their Astros section, read any of Eric's articles. He does a phenomenal job. Um Gallery Sports has Patrick Crichton, who is in the evenings on, uh, I want to say 790, but for some reason, I'm, I'm going to look that up so I do not get that wrong, because he would he would not be thrilled if, if I got his radio station wrong. Um, he I'm sorry, he's with 97.5. I, I don't know why I thought 790. So he's with 97.5 from 7 to 9. Um, he does late night stuff, okay? Patrick Crichton just wrote an article about the TV deal with the with AT&T Sportsnet and how there's a strong possibility. Yeah, thanks, Sam. I, I got it corrected. There's a strong possibility that he, Crane, may purchase the rights for the Astros and have an Astros network that's owned by him. And that kind of revenue that would be generated could be a revenue where you could pay someone like an Otani of 45 to 50 million. So let me ask you this. We talked about and we bantered a lot about Kyle Tucker signing a 10-year deal. And I said, Kyle Tucker is the guy that we need to sign to a 10-year deal. What if I told you we had Kyle Tucker for three more years, we didn't sign him to a long-term deal, but because of a TV deal that Jim Crane signs, and Jim Crane decides, you know what, Shohei Otani and the Japanese TV money and the Japanese media money would be too much to turn down Let's throw 45 or 50 million at Otani for the next eight years. Would you take Otani and sacrifice a contract to Kyle Tucker? I know that's kind of a wild eyed idea, but even if you sign Kyle Tucker to a deal and you're not even talking about Otani, who are you not willing to sign if you sign Kyle Tucker? Okay. Um, he goes right here. Um, Colleen said no. Um, TBC three says then I tell you I would tell you baseball isn't about the sport; it's about the money. No, Lord. Oh, well, I mean, come on, guys. We know it's about the money, ladies and gentlemen. Do we need to have this talk? It's when a player says it's not about the money; it's absolutely about the money. You and I, if we were in a job. 
and we were dying the wool for the team we played for. But we came at the end of the contract and we were making 18 million and someone came to us offering us 35 million. I guarantee your loyalty might go to that 35 million. That's easy for me to say a regular Joe like you guys. Um, you know, it's, it's all about the money. It's all about, you know, what's it what's it what's a few extra million dollars? Well, I don't know. I've never been presented with a few extra million. Awesome. El Barrio Cooker says, I do a small barbecue competitions, but not not HLSR. I have some YouTube videos and, and with some competitions. Hey, man, look, if you're ever doing a competition, you know, do this. Reach out to us on uh, Twitter. Maybe if we do a live event, we can have you guys out or something. Let's talk off air or on social media. That'd be great. Um, you see what happened? Oh, okay. This, this is a good point. James Cook says, you see what happened when Yao was on the Rockets. The Rockets were the most popular team worldwide. That is Patrick Crichton's angle, James. See, James and us, we go back and forth. And I, I know I know we don't always agree, but James got some good insight. And this is what I love about our crowd. I'm, I'm going to go for another couple minutes to extend this out a little bit. But if if we get that TV deal, if Crane purchases that TV deal and he's got that revenue coming in directly to the team, he can charge what he wants. He won't charge the 80 bucks. I think Fubo does, but $20, $15, $20 a month on an app where you can watch all the Astros games all season long. I know a lot of people that would do that. Then you would have that money to sign Otani, but we have to go back to the original point. The Astros don't do deals like that. The Astros let people walk that are superstars. But my counter to that is, but we've never had an Otani possibly on the table. We've never had a Kyle Tucker possibly on the table. So if you want Kyle Tucker and you want Otani and you want Framber Valdez, you are not going to have all three of those. You could have a Framber and a Tucker, but if you get an Otani, you can forget Framber, you can forget Tucker, you can forget a whole lot of other players. You can have a lot of discount, double check dudes out there on the field because Otani is going to suck up a lot of that money. We could, he would be worth more than the 50 million you pay him more than likely, but you got to, man, the books would be on fire, right? We would probably jump to the highest payroll. I think we're fourth or fifth highest now. I think someone jumped us. We're, I know we're top six, but at the bottom, at the end of the day, it's about economics. What is, wait, is there a rumor? No, no, no. So here is why we are discussing this. So, so Harry asked a good question. I don't, I don't want to lead y'all astray. And um, I'm going to wrap it up on this point. He said, wait, is there a rumor we might get Otani? There's not a rumor. Patrick Crichton wrote an article, talked about Jim Crane possibly purchasing the company that, that is AT&T Sportsnet because they are with now, I believe, Discover Media and Warner Brothers. And they're about to file Chapter 7 or Chapter 11. And they're about to go belly up. And so when that happens, they say Crane can swoop in and buy the network. And Patrick Crichton said in his article, if they buy the network, okay, then what they can do is they can turn around and take that revenue and go towards a large salary like someone like Otani. Um, and you're right, Colleen, one player doesn't make a great team. Two players don't make a great team. They've got Otani and Trout in Los Angeles, and they can't win anything. But does having an Otani on this team and in this ball club make us a perennial winner regardless because he's with us that many years so one last question i will honor this um kaylee scott did say that she can see the padres trading for him he could do that 
All right, what is your question? James Cook asks this. Do you think the owners get together and complain to the owners about lost money from food and merchandise sales because of shortened games? Um, <laughs> well, because we just got to shorten games, I don't know. If there is evidence that beer sales and food sales and that stuff is down, there might be conversations. Someone like me thinks, well, maybe that's going to reduce revenue. Maybe that's going to, because ticket sales and gate revenue and all that stuff is big money for the clubs. So I don't think they go around arguing about that. Now, if it affects their bottom line, they absolutely do talk about that. But I think it's more you and I and people who just talk about baseball. So it's all good. No, um, you know, look, I appreciate everyone here. And we've gone 37 minutes. We've gone a little bit longer than what we're supposed to. But, guys, this is me. I'm signing out for the week. I may be back Sunday, but tomorrow night at this time, if you are listening the next day, I'm talking at 10.07 right now. I'm going to be on a plane headed to Florida for our first spring training. We'll be at Saturday's game. We'll be at Sunday's game. Oh, if you're in Florida, I have tickets to the Astros St. Louis Cardinals game on that Tuesday that I am not going to attend. It's a day game, and I have a parking pass. I don't know that I'm going to give them away, but I'm willing to sell them for the face value of what I got them. So hit me up on social media if you are in the area and you would like to go. Let me know. We'll get you hooked up. I will report, hopefully, from the WBC, um, report from Seth University, that's Coach Trimper, and so on and so forth. So y'all have a good one. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to Locked on Astros. Thank you for making us your team every single day. And don't forget that this episode is brought to you by Locked on Fantasy Baseball. Make them your second listen. If you make us your first listen, Locked on Fantasy Baseball gets you caught up on all the fantasy things, not just Astros, but around the league. Um, Dom and Matt, they do a phenomenal job. Check them out. It's free and easy to get wherever you get your podcast. Y'all have a good one. And for myself and Eric, we'll be back on Sunday. Y'all make sure y'all have a great weekend. Stay safe. And as always, go Strohs.